Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What's good, family? Your boy David here with BWR, and I want to let y'all know it is going down in H-Town on March 28th. Yes, I said it. March 28th, we are going to be in Houston, Texas, hosting one of our Renaissance Mixers at Muse Office Space. We're going to be talking stocks, real estate, business development, and much, much more. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's going to be a great time. going to be good vibes. Link for the tickets is down in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Peace. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. You know the rules of the game? Yeah. You know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Let's talk. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. You shouldn't even get this tape. Hey, I got money on my mind. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing out the paper. All I know is growing money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids, go live my trip and joy in the game's life out here in Texas or struggle for next week. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the BWR Podcast. I am one-fourth of BWR. This is Kelly Rhodes. I'm here with my main man, Jared. How you feeling, Jared? Man, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. It's a good old Saturday. Done got me a good bit of work done. About to, you know what I'm saying, get into this podcast, man. Excited to learn some stuff today. We got a cool guest on here. We got a very, very special guest. I'm going to let you introduce it, Jared. 
Man, so me and Kelly both came across this person on Twitter. Very, very informational source. Actually has their own informational source, and we're going to get into that on the podcast as well. But hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, a film industry, uh, you'll have to explain to them fully what you do in the film industry. And mobile home owner, investor, also four stackers only creator. We have Tara. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Tara? I'm doing good. How you guys doing today? Great, man. Doing great. How's your Saturday going so far? Man, it's beautiful. I haven't had to leave the house. I've just been kind of taking care of business at the house, but you know, normal stuff. <laughs> Gotcha. I mean, if, I, if it's anything like you put on Twitter, I know you're hustling out there. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be stacking. I like. You out there grinding. Yeah, you know, I just had a couple of consults this morning, just checking over some emails and working on that ebook for you guys, the mobile home ebook. Gotcha. But you know, I'm gotcha. chilling. <laughs> <laughs> That's your definition of chilling. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you coming on our podcast. And uh, we, how we normally start these podcasts off, we just go into depth of how did you get started? When did you get that entrepreneur mindset? And uh, where did you start planting your seeds and stuff? Uh, I would say I got my entrepreneur mindset back in middle school. Shout out to DeKalb County Schools. <laughs> but uh, back in middle school, I used to sell candy. My sister, she used to work at the mall. and She would leave the mall and go to Sam's Club for me when she got off work. It was right there. And she would give me like hot Cheetos and candy and Kool-Aid jammers and stuff. And I used to sell that at school. And I was like, what, 12 years old with a Metro, (laughs) a Metro PCS. And I had everything. And my teachers was buying from me. Like I had an assistant principal buying candy and snacks for me. So like that was probably my beginning of being an entrepreneur. And then I would say when I was in high school, my aunt at the time, she was a real estate agent. She's a broker now. But she was a real estate agent and she would kind of take me around and kind of have me as her intern. You know, I would stage her houses, you know, write up her for rent signs or her for sale signs, kind of put them in the yards for her, just do all kinds of stuff, clean out houses when people would move out. And I kind of became like the property management intern. And she kind of taught me everything about real estate that I somewhat know today, except for a couple of things that I kind of learned on my own. But that's where I got my start in just kind of real estate and investing and just learning all about that and kind of running my own stuff. Cause I was always like selling something when I got to high school, I would be selling mixtapes and making people playlists and stuff. Shout out to LimeWire. <laughs> but uh, I used to do a lot of that in high school and, you know, I always had like a little hustle going on so I can always make money because I couldn't get any money from my parents. So, you know, I was always like, I'm gonna have me a cell phone. So I figured out and made a way. <laughs> I was the only person in school with a sidekick. <laughs> hey, shout out to Lime. LimeWire was the plug for right. everybody. Right. <laughs> Man, people would just like write. I remember people coming to me at like lunch and write a whole list. We're talking like 60 songs, like all the songs from back in the day. And I would go in there and all just right. like run it. My I, I, To this day, my iTunes is like 30 or 40,000 songs deep because <laughs> I still have some of my songs from like my old gateway computer. We talking like Laffy Taffy, Soldier Boy songs. Yo. We like, yes, from when we were like <laughs> in middle school and high school. But I used to make people mixtapes and stuff. And like, that was a lot of fun. And I loved doing it. 
And it was kind of like the beginning, you know, selling candy, making mixtapes. It was like the beginning of that entrepreneurial, like, hey, I can make my own money doing whatever I want to do kind of thing. And then from that mindset, what, what was the first business venture that you started doing? Was it your actual employment or was it one of your business ventures? Uh, I would say it'd be my actual employment. I started kind of, I worked in the restaurant industry for a, a while and I got the opportunity to manage a really high end, not, I wouldn't say high end bar, but a really high profit bar. They make a lot of money. And the owner of the bar kind of taught me everything about owning a business, like on that scale, like working with distributors and working with different vendors and kind of doing all of that. And as I was doing that, Working with that bar, I ended up going to another bar and working there and then being on the actual management team, not just managing the bar, but managing the whole restaurant. And then from there, you know, just kind of like learning everything. A friend of mine got together. We created our own music festival called ATL Fest a couple years ago, and we put it together with a bunch of Hustle Gang artists. Shout out to Hustle Gang <laughs> for doing that with us. It was amazing. But we had different artists and different vendors come out and we rented a space out and that was kind of like my introduction to event planning and doing that kind of stuff and like doing our own everything like that was also my introduction to film because ironically that same friend works on the walking dead <laughs> and got me into film but when we were doing the festivals we would go to the rental houses and pick out our own lights and pick out our own equipment and just kind of figure it out like we're gonna figure it out how to do this how to make this a spotlight because we got performance coming and we need a spotlight and so fast forward after we kind of did the festival or whatever he's like yo you was good with the lights why don't you just join and do it for film so i'm like what are you talking about so then he kind of put me on to the film game and now what i do in film as my i call it my nine to five but it, the hours we work are nowhere near nine to five <laughs> I'm a set lighting technician in the film industry. I handle all the light on set. So any lighting that you see, any kind of light, that's us. That's my department. We handle all the power on set too. So sometimes we're in remote locations. Like uh, over the summer, I was working on top of a mountain. We have to bring the generators in and run power from the generators. To make sure everybody has power and things like that. Man, that's dope. I got a couple questions. First, <laughs> go ahead. Your own festival. Like I've never heard of anybody just doing that. Like out of thin air, just making Yeah, she just ran over there so regularly. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we just do our own festival, you know. So what we did is we came together, my friend, one of my friends' name is Tarek. Rush out Tarek out. He's the one that got me into film. My other friend, Montana, Tana, AtlantaTana.com. She's a photographer. We came together and we decided we wanted to throw our own, like, little music festival and have kind of like, Kind of, you know, artists, local artists from Atlanta kind of to showcase their talent, whether it be singing or rapping or poetry. And then we had vendors. So we rented the space. We got, you know, event insurance because that's what we needed for the space. We learned that the hard way. <laughs> we rented the space. They're like, no, nah, you can't have it. You need insurance. We had to cough up some more money and buy an insurance plan to make sure, you know, we were covered for the amount of people coming out. Uh, so Tana, she had to connect with Hustle Gang. So we ended up getting some Hustle Gang artists to headline the show. And then in Atlanta, we just we're all in kind of different circles. We know a lot of different people. So we were able to get different performers to come out like, hey, you got a mixtape, you coming out. You sing, you coming out. I know you do poetry, you coming out. And then all of our friends like, hey, people with businesses, we had different clothing lines. We had God is Dope. You probably heard of God is Dope. They came yeah. out. Yeah, God is Dope. We had them come out and, you know, they were one of our vendors. We had food trucks. 
we rented adult size connect four. So like the huge connect four game. So you could play and like drop the pieces in. We had a popcorn machine, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And we ran lights and everything. We had kind of like a concert. It was like a concert, a music festival. We had everything going on. We ran it from, I want to say like five or six hours into the night. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and that was kind of like our intro into like. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say. This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois doing stuff the organized way he's like you know you can always say when i was in business we was always in business doing other stuff you know always had stuff going on but like that's when we kind of organized and had paperwork (laughs) and insurance and stuff and we kind of did like wow okay we can do this stuff so when we got into film we're like okay so now that we're in film and we're really learning this stuff the plan is to eventually buy our own space now pretty soon here in the next I would say year or two just buy our own space and continue to throw more events to showcase the talent in Atlanta that's dope I do I kind of want to go into the film industry like I know you said your friend got kind of got you into it but can you explain that process of getting into actually the film industry yeah so your first project yeah yeah so basically what he does is he's a grip and it's hard to explain the department, but basically they provide flags and stuff. They help us shape the light. Like if we have to block out the sun, they'll build a fly swatter is what we call it. They use a large forklift and build what a fly swatter, exactly what you think it is, a large fly swatter, and they block the sun from a certain angle. So he works in that department. They do all kinds of stuff to shape the light once I put the light out. So when he was working on the walking dead i was like look you gotta (laughs) like how did you start working on the walking dead it's like one of my favorite shows at the time and he kind of put me onto the industry and he told me about the union and this program that he went through so i went through the program and i paid my dues to join the union and once i joined the union hold on reverse back when i was in the program they have a 20-day internship so when you're in the internship that's like your 20-day window to meet people on set because everything in film is all about networking. So when I was in my 20 day window, I networked like hell. I was talking to everybody, every department, I didn't care, hair, makeup, sound, camera department. I was talking to everybody, make sure everybody knew my name. So when I joined the union, you needed two or three people in the union to sign off on your union papers. I had like 12 signatures because I was talking to everybody, you know, so when I eventually joined the union and I needed work, I talked to the people that I interned with. I was texting everybody. And my first month, I was like fully booked up. I was like all over the place, just working, working, working. And from there, I just took off because once you're in the union and you know a couple of people, you'll always be working if they love your attitude and you actually kind of know what you're doing. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you show up on time, you got a good attitude and they like you, you have a good personality they'll keep hiring you. So from there, it's just always kind of been, I've always kind of got hired just because I have like, I know like 60 people in my union that do hiring for productions and I can text them right now and be like, Hey, I'm available. 
and they'll let me know, hey, I got two days for you here. I got two days for you there. So it's all, really, it's all about joining the union because for the most part, if you want to get on any of the larger productions, like things that you see in movie theaters or on Netflix, you need to be a union member. If you're in the camera department, it's local 600, it's the international 600. That's for all camera, photography, all of that. Um, let's see, my department, that's IATSE. For producers, I think, for, don't quote me on these. The directors is like the DGA. For actors is another one. The Studio Actors Guild or something like that. But there's different unions that you have to join for the most part to be in these productions or to work on these productions. And, and it's not like you're working on like these run-of-the-mill uh, TV shows. You're working on big productions, correct? For some, like, I just worked on an indie movie but the main actress is one of the biggest black actresses that we have in our time. Then it's an indie film though. You know what I'm saying? But it's her production company and you know, she funded most of the movie. So it depends on what you work on, but like a lot of production that's going on is happening in Georgia. So you might work on an indie film or you might work on a Marvel film, you know, and with working on these different crews, the way it works is, if you're on the crew full time, you're there every day. And then they have what they call additionals or day players. And they bring them in when they need it. Like some days they might just be in an office shooting office scenes with two people. They don't need six or seven lighting technicians. They might only need two or three. But then there might be other days where we're in a field and we have six people on cranes with lights and we need people over here, people over here. That's when they bring in all these extra people. That's how I'm able to work on all these different productions. Like I may work one week here and I may work one week here. I may work two days here and I may work three days here. <laughs> so like in the past six months, I think I've worked on like 12 different productions and only two of them I was full time. The rest of them was all like all over the place. Yeah. And sometimes it can get a little hectic because like, one day your call may be like 10 a.m. and you might not get off till 1 a.m. But then the next day you got to be somewhere else at a different studio <laughs> at 9 a.m. And you don't tell them like, hey, I got off work late last night because you picked up. You told them you could be there, you know. So you just kind of got to work it. But it is fun. And the hours are long as hell. Like some days I'll be at work for like 15 hours. I don't care. It's the best job I ever had. <laughs> you get to see when the stunt team comes out and do explosions. That's amazing you get to meet all kinds of crazy people like i've met big boy that's one of the like you know you get to meet just all kind of cool people you never know you go to work someday and somebody might come in they're like oh he's a friend of the producer you turn around you're like wait i know that person <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i mean i love it and, and the fact that you work those longer hours makes it so much more amazing that you know you created a a whole nother brand with for stackers only. Can you go into that movement into creating for stackers only? Yeah, and I do want to clarify with people like so when we work on set, a sixteen hour day, it does not mean that like I am hands on for all sixteen hours. I'm paid for sixteen hours, but like when they're shooting, we can't do anything. So I can sit on my phone quietly. That's all I can do. So it's easy. I tell people, they're like, how you work 16 hours, do all this? I'm like, oh, I'm at work, but I'm able to do, you know, check emails and do other things like that while I'm at work. I don't want people to think that I'm so, like, superhuman. <laughs> but no, that, that's, but, that's important that you point that out. 
Cause sorry, super late, David. David. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but it's important that you point that out though, cause it's uh, we actually just left lunch with one of the guys earlier, O'Neill, that mm-hmm. been on our podcast before. A lot of people they go to work all the time and they talk about they never have time while they're at work, but they have a lot of free time, free time at, at work. work yeah. Like it, you, when you at work, you're not working the whole time you're there. I don't know who actually does that unless you work no. with those like really. Ground to the I had like, yeah. worked a job like that, you know, where you just like for real working the whole time you're there. Yeah, so I understand time. it. You got time. No excuse to bullshit. Mhm. No, but my job is like I come to work. Let's say we got a call time at like seven a.m. From like seven a.m. to like eleven, we're setting up lights and making sure that shot look good. And then once they get the the shot looks good, they might shoot for like three hours until they like what they see. You see what I'm saying? So we got to sit there quietly for three hours. And then they might need an adjustment, uh, move this, uh, move this, and then they might move the camera, and then we got to adjust the lights. But while they're shooting, we can't do anything. We have to be completely silent. And then some directors get, like, crazy. They'll yell about the movement. Like, don't move, because the sound department can hear you. They have, like, supersonic microphones. (laughs) So when that's happening i'm writing emails like you know emails to send to you guys or i'm looking on facebook or craigslist for deals and doing other things where i'm learning something i take that time at work to go through materials and read pdfs and you know just google stuff that's my google time while i'm at work sitting there quietly i'm on twitter that's what i'm doing <laughs> being paid to research getting paid to research is the best thing ever that's i'm like i love my job you know what i do when they're shooting, I go to the snack tent, I eat, and I get on Google. It's the best thing ever. Free snacks in Google, and I'm getting paid. <laughs> you can't beat that. Can't beat it. And that explains a lot about, uh, I've been telling you earlier, for stackers only, like how you, you went into actually creating that. You took that time, advantage of that time, and built that, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. A lot of that time that I was building it, let's see, it came out in September. I was working on it at work. End of June, into July, into August. And I was on set all through that. I was on one, that was my one full-time production that I was on that whole time, all through the summer. Hmm. So, I'm kind of late. Did we already go into what For Stackers Only is? Okay, can you kind of explain to the audience what For Stackers Only is? Oh. Between where they are now and where they're trying to get to be. You know, some people get on Google and it's a little bit harder for them to navigate Google because they know what they want. They don't know what to type in to find it. You know, people know that they want online banking, but they don't know which ones that other people that they know have used or maybe which ones that are available to them. So they know that you can grow food at home, but they just don't know what aquaponics is or hydroponics. So they can't type that into Google to find that. And I feel like I've done a lot of research, so I feel like, you know, let me just go ahead and plug people into different things. So they're like, okay, now that I have these links, I know the different words, or I've learned something, and now I can go to Google and keep researching. I just wanted to bridge that gap for people. It's really just an information source to bridge the gap for people so they can, you know, help them better their lives. And that's powerful. Like you said, because you really just, you're kind of... it resonates yeah. with us. Like yeah, I mean, we, that's kind of like a similar mission to what we what we set out to do. Like putting that information in a place so where the people can access it. It's dope. Yeah, and like uh-huh. kind of like you're just warming them up and really prepping them so they can start speaking the language and really just 
This is a specific word I'm trying to give but I lost it. Well, yeah, that's pretty Yeah, no, because like I think about it, like some people are like, okay, I want to make money in real estate. Where do I start? They're like, I don't know, like where to start. But like for me personally, I love watching Flipman on YouTube. If you ever got seen Flipman on YouTube, you know he talks about everything. Really, he yeah. talks about flipping houses. He talks about wholesaling houses. He talks about how to find vacant houses, owners, and everything. So like he kind of submerges you into a sector of real estate where you can learn a lot and take that and keep learning somewhere else. Like, okay, well, he's talking about wholesale. Let me go type in wholesaling on YouTube. Well, he's talking about flipping houses. Let me go type in flipping houses on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So that's that. I just wanted to bridge that gap for people. And there's other links on the real estate page that do that. Flipman is just one of my favorite because I've been watching him for years. You know, he's got a ton of videos. And, and that's powerful too because that speaks to you just opening up the doors for people because like you said, a lot of people, they'll be like, okay, I'm attracted to this industry, but they only think that that industry is one single dimensional. They think uh -huh. they could real estate, they might just say, man, I need to get my real estate license. They don't understand, hey, you can build a framing company, you can do foundation, you can be the yep. person just doing, like you said, the flipping. They don't understand that. So that's really powerful that you're opening up the doors and creating those lanes for people to actually educate themselves and find out how they can niche down in certain markets. Mm -hmm. That is definitely my main goal with for stackers only is just, just help people kind of come from circle. Cause my, I mean, I tell people this all the time. Like I feel like it takes not just one person in the community, like one wealthy black person is not going to do it. You need like 10 wealthy black people like helping everybody because <laughs> it don't like, I learned from it the best it takes a community to help the whole community you know like i wasn't just raised by my parents like my aunt she did a, a big thing for me like telling me no you're not just about to sit in the house and watch cops all day you about to come help me put some real estate signs out you about to come help me clean out these houses when i was younger i was like "Ugh, she about to make me do this i mean she gonna give me some money but i don't want to do this you know but now that i as i got older she started put you know showing me stuff I'm like damn she really just spent like twelve hundred dollars today like that's a lot of money <laughs> To me at the time, that was a lot of money. You know, you like 16 and somebody spent $1,200 cash. You want to know what the hell they do for a living, you know? And Ashley started showing me. Yeah, right? And she started showing me these contracts and how much she's making. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to do real estate. And that was just it. I'm going to do real estate. I didn't know what I'm going to do with real estate. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, I'm going to do it because y'all making money. That's what all I knew. So I think it just takes somebody to show somebody like, hey, it's different lanes out there. Like, you could do this. You could do that. You could be a broker. You could be a property manager for people overseas, which is what she does. She has people that don't even live in this country to send her money and she buys them property and rents it out and sends them their check. <laughs> She's a property manager for them. Yeah, no, they come here. No, this is what they do. They come here and they go to auctions or something and they'll buy a bunch of houses or whatever. They'll buy apartment buildings or whatever. And she manages it for them. She's their property manager. Or sometimes when they're overseas and they see a deal online or maybe somebody sent them a deal, they're like, hey, I need you to go lock this up for me. Go look at it. Wow. And she'll go look at it for them and then, you know, they'll lock it up with their lawyers or whatever. And she just manages it for them. And she, had the, she manages a very large portfolio. And I'll be looking at her. I'm like, dang, she made so much money and she don't even have to, like, really own any real estate. <laughs> Because she did, yeah, she's making a killing, you know, and it just like opened my eyes to 
okay, in real estate, you don't just have to be the property owner. You could be flipping real estate. You could be wholesaling, which I learned in the past year and a half talking to Brandon. You can be wholesaling real estate. And with that, I kind of heard about wholesaling. And, you know, because you're in that world, you hear about different things that people do, like probate. You hear the word probate a lot, but you don't really look into it. And when I first met Brandon, that's when I was like, wait, dang, I kind of understand this already because I already heard, I've already like seen this happen before and I never really like realized what it was, you know? And so it's just, once you get in the lane, it's good to get submerged into that lane and learn everything. So that's why with first staggers only, I like that I put a bunch of links on there. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to give you the information and the resources and you can take that and you can go to other spaces and look at other videos and just go down the information wormhole. Cause that's the best to me. That's the best way to learn anything. Just go down the information wormhole, go down the black hole. <laughs> just go. Don't make me push you <laughs> because you learn that to me, that's like the best way to learn. Like you learn everything when you just go, like just spend the day in your room and get on Google and open a couple tabs on YouTube and re watch some videos and then go to Reddit and, you know, get some links and go look at some news articles and read some case studies and look at charts and just read a bunch of shit. And just like, and at the end of the day, come out your room looking crazy. You're like, wow. But that's I, I got, <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. You be like, I got 50 things I want to Google tomorrow. Because <laughs> once you start doing that, you're like, damn, I got a hundred things I want to Google tomorrow. And then you keep right clicking and adding more shit to the reading list and keep adding more shit to the reading list. And you just keep going. You're like, damn. I wanted to learn about this, but now I got like 50 pages I need to read on this. That's the best way to learn, like by yourself, just like going down. And when you hit a block, like a real block, you know, that's when you start asking for help. Like I can't find information on this anywhere. And that, that, that's, that's powerful too, though, because that's whenever you can come to a mentor and you at least going to have knowledge and they're going to tell that mm -hmm. not this fresh and that you not bullshitting them. They're gonna be like, okay, this person actually did take the time out to say, let me, let me, let me, let me, yeah, like you said, let me just put in that groundwork. And now mm -hmm. that's, that's how you secure a mentor when it's either you're bringing them value or you show them that, you know, you actually submerged yourself into that one specific field. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. I mean, I just tell people all the time, like, I'm like, look, go spend a couple of days on Google and get lost. I promise you, you won't have any more questions at least for a couple months. I promise you, if you're really doing it like I do it, you won't have any more questions for a couple of months because there's so much information on the internet. And if you have time and you have the access to get on Twitter, you have the access to get on the Google app, and open up a bunch of tabs and just learn. <laughs> and then when you hit those blocks or something just doesn't seem right, then you start reaching out to other people and other communities. That's why forums to me are such a big thing because if you're out there when they're on your learning journey, talking to other people on your learning journey, y'all might just talk through the issue together. You might just already have it right there. Or he may, that person may have answers to your question and you may have answers to their question. Forums are a wealth of knowledge. That's why I put a bunch of like financial forums and things like my FICO forum on there. You know how much information is on there about credit and finance for free <laughs> that people pay thousands of dollars for information on like about credit cards and different things like that. I think it's just very important for everybody to have their own knowledge journey because that's where you retain the most info. You retain it by yourself. <laughs> message. That, that, that's, that's, that's a that's message. Right there. Right there, yeah. 
like uh, actually, I just said something like that the other day. Is like if you really wanted to know something or get something accomplished, you go, you do it by yourself anyway. Like uh, mm-hmm. they had a study come out saying that like you're like forty six or some percent. Don't quote me on the percentage. Less likely to accomplish a goal if you actually like you talk about it versus just going and doing the shit. And that's like mm-hmm. the knowledge with the knowledge journey, like you said. A lot of the times. Everybody, they want that knowledge to just be given to them. We see it all the time on the internet. We see it all the time in the comment section. It's like, man, you're only giving us this portion of it or that portion. It's like, bro, the game can't be all given to you. Like, you got to go learn it for yourself because anything that's given to you, you ain't going to value. At all. You got to go and value. At all. That is a message in itself right there because people don't, they don't value free information. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Mm-mm. They get it. There's, there's been so much free information on the timeline, they get it and they don't use it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just take the free information off the timeline and actually get on YouTube and get on the different forums, everybody could be millionaires right now. There's so much free information on the internet. Like, if you just get on my FICO forums, you, I got on my FICO forums and cleaned up my credit, like, like that. Because I'm like, wait. And then, because somebody was on there talking about, like, the snowball method and about, like, paying off your high debt and, like, you know, paying off a smaller debt and snowballing it and just keep paying it. I'm like, I did that and cleaned up my credit. That worked for me. It may not work for everybody else, but it worked for me. And everybody else was on the forum saying, like, this works. (laughs) Figure out where you're spending the most money and stop spending money there and pay off your debt. I think getting over that doubt, that's, that's a large part of it right there. Like, once people can get over that doubt, thinking that something like thinking that it can't work for them that's when Mm -hmm. actually start to open up and give shit a chance to work for you like i know even listening to like i had heard of your like different podcasts and stuff like that before and follow you on twitter and i seen you tweet about talking about a a mobile home for like eight bands i'm like ain't nobody getting no real estate for that low it ain't happening i go to a facebook group and get to giving myself a chance i'm like oh fuck they out here actually selling this Oh man, like this is a brand new one for 15 bands right here. Oh man, like oh, oh, this happens. Like you yeah. just got bands. <laughs> and, and look, and I'm, and people didn't believe me, and I'm like, look, I didn't believe it either until like a year and a half ago. But then I was like, oh wait a minute, they out here is people living in these houses? Wait, this is a real house? And I walked into one. I was like, it's not a mobile home. And the lady was like, no, look behind the bush next to the skirt. That's the skirt of the mobile home. You pull that back. And there's mm-hmm. actual like chases down there. I was like, oh my God, this is a mobile home. And she was selling it for 20000 I was like, you selling this for 20000 and you rent it for $1,000 a month. 
Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I'm good with math, but let me pull out my calculator real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I started doing the numbers and I was like, wait a minute, you know, like in about five years, this is how much money you making on this? And yeah. we'll start doing the numbers because you know, I live in Atlanta. I was like, okay, I can get a, a house in Atlanta, maybe in the suburbs, about one fifty, one seventy five, and still only charge like, you know, eleven, twelve hundred dollars a month for rent. Yeah. Mm mm. This ain't it. What's that? I say I'm gonna take that mobile home. I'm going to take the mobile home, right? And I met a couple, like, kind of near Lake Death, Georgia, Lake Lanier. <laughs> but they had this mobile home on Lake Lanier. And the lady, they wanted, like, I think it was, like, thirty-two or 33000 cash for it. They were moving to Florida. And I was like, you know, like, why are you, I just asked them, like, why are you selling it? And they were like, oh, we're moving down to Florida. We found another mobile home. It's newer. And we just want to go down there. And they were like, we actually bought this one after our kids graduated college. We sold our house for 400000 and we bought this one for 40000 And I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, we live like, you know, up in uh, North Atlanta. And I'm like, you sold your house for forty, like 400000 You came here and bought a house for forty, And they had like two, two Mustangs brand new. They had a boat. They had jet skis, dirt bikes, like all this stuff in the driveway. And they had more... The driveway cost more than the house itself, basically. <laughs> All the stuff that they had in the driveway. But they was living good. And I'm like, dang. She was like, yeah, it would cost more money to move it out of here. She was like, might as well just sell it. And just, we bought a new one. Cash. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. People are doing this? And, and you know. Bought, probably bought the new one for like $10,000 more than what they selling now for. Yeah. Because Florida, I mean, you can get a you get a nice one in Florida, like fifty, sixty thousand. Because Florida is like one of the biggest states for them, just because of the retirement community down there. A lot of retired people live in mobile homes in Florida, so they go down there. You know, they may come from like Pennsylvania or whatever mm -hmm. other state they come in from, where their house is a lot more expensive, and then just buy a brand new mobile home cash for like maybe eighty thousand, a hundred thousand max, fully decked out, triple wide, with a wraparound deck porch and a jacuzzi. You know what I'm saying? And they living good. They don't care. Yeah. I promise you. I promise you. You can go online right now and find like luxury mobile homes with like islands, islands in the kitchen, granite countertops, hardwood floors. I'm talking nice homes. You don't even know you in a mobile home. They they got them in Texas too. They got them everywhere. Yeah, They got them everywhere. I just seen them like I see them at work, bro. So like I work for basically a company that goes out and looks at property for the like the parish assessors mm -hmm. and like i can tell you how many mobile homes i come across that are like really nice like i'm about triple wide got the mm -hmm. deck on that got the jacuzzi like i seen these one people they got a setup i want like <laughs> they had the island back there the little kitchen and everything i said dang like these people living lavish in this mobile home yeah, and they just get a loan and rather get like a home loan for two hundred or three or four hundred thousand, they get a loan for the mobile home for like maybe a hundred thousand. I'm like, I haven't seen like I mean, I live in Georgia, and mm -hmm. when I look for out of state, I see like expensive mobile homes. Like California got some million dollar mobile homes, but we can go back to that. Hold on, <laughs> we can go back to that later. But I see some mobile homes for three thousand dollars. I see some mobile homes for a thousand dollars. I see mobile homes for a hundred thousand dollars. But like. And you go to Florida, you can come to Georgia, North Carolina, you pay 80000 you can get a fully decked out, triple Y, everything you want in there, about sixty to 80000 anything you want. Yeah. Compared to a regular home anywhere in the United States, that is good money. Unless you go to, like, Memphis or, like, Alabama, you can get the, a regular home for about the same price. 
but you can get your fully loaded mobile home for maybe like 40,000 in Alabama. So it all depends on where you at, but you can get them for, for a pretty low price compared to a regular single family home with the same features, if not better. Yeah. It'd be hard. Maybe like, what they'd be so nice. And some of them I walk in, I'm like, dang, I would kind of wish I could have this, but like in Atlanta, but that'll never happen. <laughs> all right. They ain't letting y'all pull up with them. No, of course not. So, Terrence, so when you talking about the mobile homes, I know you kind of touched on your first deal, like saying that you could get it for 8000 Could you kind of go into your first mobile home deal and let the people know what that kind of looked like? Yeah, so it was one that I found in a park. Kind of the park kind of tipped me off to it. And the guy that was selling it, they was he was just kind of, he just wanted to get rid of it or whatever. So he wasn't really kind of, he wasn't really crazy about the price, so I wasn't too worried about that. So when I gave him my number, he was like, cool. So I was like, dang, shit kind of came in a little bit lower, but whatever. It's still a good price. I only had to put work into the bathroom and the flooring. The flooring, I had to do all the flooring. But it ended up costing me in the hole about ten, five, and something like that, whatever. Like, But for me, personally, it was like a sigh of relief because I learned about mobile homes in October of 2018 and I didn't get that till May of 2019. So like I spent a lot of time just like researching and trying to like learn as much as I can. And like, I was always looking at deals and I'm like, Oh, I got the money for that, but I don't want to just buy it. And just talking to my mentor as he had bought that park and it's just like, oh, you know what I need to, you know, just keep researching, keep researching, and keep looking on Craigslist and keep looking on Facebook marketplaces. Eventually, you're going to find something. And then the beginning of May, I went to the Mobile Home Elite Investors meetup in Atlanta that they had. And just kind of after talking to them and just kind of seeing what how they did it, I was like, okay, let me kind of keep doing what I'm doing and talk to those park managers and keep getting out there because I'm going to find one. So that's when I, you know, started driving for dollars more. And I started talking to this one park manager in North Georgia. And eventually they called me. They was like, hey, this guy's trying to sell his mobile home, but we don't want to move it out to park. So, you know, they don't want an empty lot, but he's trying to sell his mobile home. And they knew I told them like, hey, if I do get one, I'll keep it in the park. Like for sure. I'm just going to, I want to keep it in the park. So, when they called me and they gave me his information, I talked to him and we closed and I was like, finally, <laughs> that was like, what, three, I want to say like three weeks after the mobile home meetup, maybe it was like right at the end of May. And after that, I was just like, oh my God, okay, you can do this. Cause you know, for me, once I do something one time, you know you I can do it a thousand times. Yeah. It just took me a while. You know, like for me, I like to research everything before I do anything. And even though to me, okay, $8,000 for a trailer, that's not a lot of money, but that's a lot of money. Like if it goes down the drain, like I'm gonna be mad, but you know, okay, you just need to go ahead and do it. Cause you're not, cause I hadn't been seeing anything around that price for something that, that was that updated, you know, and that nice, like I wouldn't have to do that much work and it was in a park. So like they hit all my criteria points and I was like, okay, so I just need to go ahead and pull the trigger on this one. So when I did that, all my anxiety was gone. So did you just straight cash it out or did you sell a finance or anything like that? No, I cash. I went to the bank, got a, uh, what you call it, a cashier's check for him. 
But, and you just said, give me that. And I remember I was listening to your episode on uh, Xavier's Number Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I remember mentioning, you know, in the beginning, you were working pretty basic jobs, making like $40,000 a year. Like, Yeah, that's when and, I was managing that bar. Mm-hmm. And like us, we same, same situation. So like, can you talk to like the way you disciplined yourself so where you can save that $8,000 to say, okay, now I can pull this trigger and say, let me buy this asset. Because most people think that if you work in an average salary job, you can't do it. You're only going to be middle class, not even middle No, class. so this is what I did. So in November of 2017, I was working as a bar manager at the time. And even though it was a very successful bar, you know, I was only making so much money. You know, I was only making that 40 a year with my bonuses and everything, but I still had to pay like health insurance premium and taxes and all that. Like my checks were nothing, you know, barely even $600 every week. So of course I'm all, I'm still on my knowledge journey. So I'm always on the internet, you know, always trying to learn something, always trying to get some money. And a little bit before November, 2017, I had started when well, I shouldn't say a little bit before it was like months and months before I had started, I was like collecting Bitcoin and buying stuff on the internet. But then I had talked to bees and she was like, no, like you can trade this stuff and make money and the price always be going up. And I was like, what? No, (laughs) (laughs) that don't make no sense. She was like, no, look, go look at the chart and look at where it came from. It was like, I had seen it. It was like 30 cents and look at where it's at and look how much you got. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. So then I just started collecting it and like buying it and holding it and then selling a little bit when it rose a little bit and kind of making money. And then November 2017 happened, December 2017 happened. It went up to almost, it was like nine, almost $19,000, $20,000. And I was like, wait a minute. When Bees told me to trade it, it was only like $1,100. Is this the stock market? <laughs> like, no, but for real, when I was talking to, when I seen Bees talk about trading it on the timeline, it was like, January, February of 2017, I want to say. Yeah, about that time. Wait, and then we started talking and be like, no, you could trade it. And she was like, look, or you could just buy it, hold it, don't spend it. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, this is amazing. You know, like had that moment like, oh my God. <laughs> so when it hit like maybe like five or six thousand. I want to say this was like fall of 2017. Like we was like, oh, we was all in the group chat. Like, oh, this shit going up, bro. This shit going a hundred thousand. We all gonna be millionaires. And when it hit that certain point, we was all like making money and then it went down. I was like, damn, it's so many different ways. I was just like exposed. Like my brain was like on acid at the moment for like months. Cause I was just like, oh my God, it's so much money that can be made out here. Like they got coins digital coins that don't even make sense that just went up like what i don't care i'm buying it (laughs) so you know i had made some money with that and then just even in my whole knowledge journey fast forward fast forward to meeting brandon on the timeline and he introduced me to wholesaling and with my real estate background after i had a call with him i was like wait a minute all i gotta do is like find motivated seller and find a motivated buyer that makes sense. I already know how to read real estate contracts because I've been doing that since I was like 16, 17. I'm just going to go and try to do that. And then I want to say, let's see, I talked to Brandon. I can't give it, I don't I want to say it was like the spring 
of last year that I talked to Brandon, of 2019 that I talked to Brandon. And then right, like maybe a month later, I got a wholesale deal. It was a JV deal. And I used that money to buy the mobile home. So a lot of people are like, how you get a wholesale deal so quick? I was like, I've been in real estate for a long time. So like I have, you know, I can get access to the MLS. Like I, my aunt knows plenty of people, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a little bit easier for me to understand getting, you know, a real estate contract, you know, and getting all that stuff together. than it would be for somebody that has never done anything in real estate before. But I I will say it it hasn't been easy since because like, you know, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So if I was cold calling every day and at it every day, I feel like I would have more deals. But since I'm not at it every day, I don't do a lot of deals. But, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) That one propelled me into getting the mobile homes and mobile homes were a little bit more hands off where I don't have to be on it every day. Like, you know, following leads and touching up with people as I would with wholesaling. I'm not making as much money, you know, but I'm still making a good amount of money with being able to wholesale with those ones because you can close in one day. You're just like paying cash, you know, like you could buy one for like 6000 sell it to somebody else for 6500 a couple hours later, you know, or two days later. It's a little bit easier for me to do that in my free time rather than wholesaling because I feel like wholesaling, if you want to be successful at it, you're going to be at it every day. That's true. Awesome stuff. She got you plotting over there. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, my pathway is a little bit slower now, but you know, like I'm learning a lot and I'm trying to eventually get a park. You know, I own five of them now, but like my thing is now, like I can keep getting the small fish or I can save my money and get my knowledge up and go and just buy a big fish. You know, my mentor owns a park with 160 lots and their lot rent was 300 i don't even know what they're paying now because i think they raised a lot rent but that's forty eight thousand dollars a month put a calculator out (laughs) and you uh you actually tweeted that recently you tweeted that your goal is to make ten thousand dollars a week is that part of of your net Net. that is a part of my goal so look if so the 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 one that i had got first I'm making about $500 a month on that, you know, barring any maintenance or anything that I have to, you know, go fix or anything, $500 a month. So when I first got that deal, the lot rents 425, the tenant pays me 925 a month. So when I first got it, I was like, Oh my God, if I do this 49 more times, that's like $25,000 a month. <laughs> or I can just get a park. And I'll have more than, you know, like, you know, I just started thinking, like, if I just get a park with a bunch of lots, I can make a couple racks a month. So, you know what I'm saying? So, if I get a park with 160 lots, pull out that calculator, charge $300 a month per lot, you know, I'm going to be making almost $50,000 a month. And then if I just add in my nine to five, I'm going to be eating. <laughs> nah, you're going to be more than eating. <laughs> <laughs> I like that right there just because it shows the power of knowing which game you're playing too. Like you like, okay, I could do all this work. I could do all this exchanging my time for this. And I still come out with less money on the, on the short side. But if I stack my bread and go for the ownership piece of the, the, the real big thing, mm-hmm. that's when my money going to come in. And I ain't even got to worry about it. That's just what you look at. That's just a different way of looking at it. Like a lot of people, we think too small with our money goes often. We got to mm-hmm. like elevate it like how you just mentioned. 
Oh, yeah, because, I mean, my current job, I have great health insurance, you know, I get great benefits, and the pay is great. So if anything, if I see a deal I really want, like, I mean, I can go to the bank and, you know, ask for that loan, and I'm good money. <laughs> so that's why I keep my nine to five, because it's guaranteed money. It's guaranteed. It's a guaranteed paycheck. So they know I got money in the bank. I got a guaranteed paycheck. You are approved. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So, like, I'm looking for a duplex right now in Atlanta, and I already know Whatever I find in my price range, I'm going to automatically be approved. I've been pre-approved. So I'm like, okay, I can do that and keep stacking with the mobile homes and keep doing all the other things that I want to do. And eventually, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> so it doesn't take one route. You got to go like five different routes and take six different detours and add some things in the trunk for you to get there. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be, you're not going to, I mean, there's some people that, you know, go and get a good degree, some degrees out there. They get a job, they set for life. Not everybody gonna get that degree. So some of us gotta take different routes and come up with different plans. That way, you know, you're able to get where you need to go and get where you wanna go. That's very true. And I can, the one thing I did wanna like comment on and I definitely appreciate from your soul is the fact that like, you're so willing to do the research. Like a lot of people, I feel like don't want to find those different routes. They like going back to your, your example earlier, they're in the car, but they don't want to figure out like what's the different detours or different directions that they could go. They're just like, well, shoot, my highway's out. So I guess I'm not going. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to research. I'm going to have 50 pages of things on one topic that I need to read. That mm -hmm. way, oh, all my different options whenever I'm going down this road. Yeah. That's a very powerful tool. And if more people use that or understood that, it would be like pretty helpful. Cause like the information is out there. That's why people people talk about it so much. So mm -hmm. I do actually I have a question springing off of that too. What do you think as an entrepreneur or as a person who figures it out, what do you think is like the most necessary element for somebody that's trying to get started on their path to financial freedom? Like if I'm a person that's I'm trying to figure out how to map out my highway. What do you feel like is the best way to do it? Figure out your vices first. <laughs> figure that's out what is draining your pockets. <laughs> that, that's, that that's, that's, right that's the realest advice somebody that gave a because, lot of Look, I'm, I still live kind of at the level that I was living at when I was in like November of 2017 or, you know what I'm saying? Like I still live at the same level. I still paid about the same amount of money for my bills. You know, mm -hmm. I might have like one or two extra bills, but you know, it is what it is. I don't spend a lot of extra money. So what people do when they get extra money is they spend more because they're like, oh, I got a little bit more wiggle room in my budget. And they don't realize, no, you already got like 10 subscriptions on uh, reoccurring charges. You know what I'm saying? Your credit cards is already high. No. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, I just want to say, figure out your vices. If you spending money now, you're going to be spending money when you get more money. If you're eating out a lot now, you're going to be eating out a lot when you get a lot more money. It's just, it is what it is. And eating out just doesn't mean you're going like sitting in a restaurant. I'm talking about people that like stop at Wendy's every day or stop at McDonald's every day or, you know, get Starbucks every day or eat Chinese takeout every weekend or buy pizza. Like that, is, that shit adds up. <laughs> so like figure out your vices. If you know you like to eat out, you need to cut that out right now. Cut it out right now. And don't spend the extra money when you realize, oh, crap, like, I ain't been eating out in, like, two weeks. Now I got all this extra money in my bank account. Leave it alone, you know? Like, figure out what you like spending money on. 
if you're the type of person that like buying shoes and clothes all the time, even though you're not really going anywhere or you like going out to the club every weekend, even though you know you don't got it, you need to cut it out. I think that's the first step everybody should take is to figure out what is draining your pockets and figure out what is causing you to not have any money at the end of your pay period and you waiting on that paycheck and then you can take it from there. That's a word. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to get into the last segment of the show. It's called What's on Your Timeline. So, Terry, we want to ask you what's something that you've seen either on your social media or somebody else's that you thought was important or impactful that you just want to talk about. I would say Xavier and Deanna talking about how they sit down and do their finances every week. I think as they said, they do it every Wednesday. I think that's very powerful, whether you're in a relationship or not. Everybody should be taking a financial audit on like a weekly basis. And if you're the type of person that spends money like crazy, like you at the gas station, you always got to get a snack or you always got to get a drink or you always got an Amazon package on the way, you might need to audit your finances every day. Like, damn, I spent $15 today. What the hell did I spend $15 on? I spent $50 today. Where did I go? I didn't even leave the house. Oh, you was buying stuff on Amazon or, you know, you had reoccurring charges for something that you haven't used in two months because you just like signing up for stuff. So I feel like what he said when he said they take a financial audit every week and pay their bills and see where they're at financially. That's something that really, really stuck out to me. And I think more people should implement it. That is very powerful. That's so strong. I like that because you, a lot of people don't, I don't feel like a lot of people currently audit their money and see mm-hmm. where it's going or see what's going on. Cause I've done that before with myself and I'd be like, God dang, hold up. I spent what? <laughs> like, where did all my money go this week? Like a lot of people don't realize that you will eat your check. Like, mm-hmm. if you, like you got to watch that stuff. I mean, I just did it uh, the other week because I like to clean up my inboxes and just kind of see, you know, clean out my, all my stuff at the end of the year. And I saw this email that just kept coming in. I was like, wait, I got two Spotify accounts. How? And I'm <laughs> like, wait, what? And I had <laughs> forgot to cancel my old one because when I became a student this year, I went back to college. Everybody go back to school, get a degree. Knowledge is power. But anyway, when I got back, <laughs> You know, you get that little student email, you know, the Spotify now four ninety nine. you know, I get it for the four ninety nine. So I tried to cancel my old one and I forgot to cancel it. And I have been paying for like two or three months an extra Spotify account that I wasn't using. So it's like, oh, look at me just spending money that I, I could have been sitting in my pocket, you know. So I think everybody should do it. Financial audits are great. Look at all those subscriptions that you're using. Cancel them. You don't need them. Yeah. So overcome that fear, because I, I think that's really like the thing that stopped everybody. They don't want to know. They don't want to know, man. No. So check it out. I think we got some resources that's going to be available soon for that. We do. Well, we, we got our budget spreadsheet. Yeah, we got the budget spreadsheet for that. Too. Oh, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I got a mobile home ebook about to drop here soon. I don't know when you guys are going to drop this, but it's going to be coming out real, real soon. It's getting finalized like as we speak. So be on the lookout for that if you're on my email list. If not, get on my email list, newsletter.forstackersonly.com. Yeah. And tell them where else they can find you at on everything else. Like if you're on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, let them know where they can uh, keep you. You can find me on Twitter at Phoenix Terranova. It's F-I-E-N-I-X 
Terra Nova, T A R A N O V A. For all the people, I know it's a little bit hard. <laughs> I had to pause for that one. But you can find me at Phoenix Terra Nova on Twitter for stackersonly.com. You can find me at for stackers only on Twitter as well. The Stack Store, you can get all the for stackers only gear at the stackstore.com. Be on the lookout for the mobile home ebook guide. It's going to be great. I put everything in there that I've learned in my short journey, like everything that I'd use, you know, to find mobile homes in there. So I want everybody to have it. It'll be dropped first to my email list subscribers, and then I'll probably drop it on the timeline for you guys to pick up. Let us know. I got a question. I got a question. (laughs) Go ahead. Where do I find one of them fly ass for stackers only hoodies? And when are they okay? So they're sold out right now, but I'm about to restock them here. I just got the email from the lady that does my apparel. She was on vacation. So, you know, I like to honor people's vacation, let them spend time with their family. But when she gets back here, she's going to have my hoodies for me real soon, and they'll be on the stackstore.com. That's a bet. Everybody go check that out, too, the stackstore. I'll let you guys know when they're ready. I'll send you the link. Bet. Appreciate you, because them hoodies Mm -hmm. is fire. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Tara, we definitely, definitely appreciate you coming on the show and dropping gems for the people. Before we wrap up, we're going to hop into a couple little housekeeping items. Uh, First and foremost, just want to continue to thank everybody that listens and supports the podcast. The growth has continued to be amazing. We're just really, really glad that this message can reach you guys and you're spreading it the way you do. So can you please make sure to like, share, subscribe, subscribe, all that. Yeah, we continue to share the podcast and help us grow. Uh, also, y'all definitely just check out, like we said before, the budgeting spreadsheet. Y'all tap into that. It's going to help you take care of your finances and really audit your finances like we were just talking about on the episode. And you can really figure out where you're spending your money at. Like she said, you need to figure out what is your vices. So you're going to be able to figure out what you're spending most of your money on and where you get most of your income coming in from. Besides that, we just want to say thank y'all for listening. And this is Black Off Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathons. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.